Welcome to Tank Talk, folks. So excited to be back with you again here today with my lovely wife, Lisa. It's always a good time to have her here with me because I tend to go a little wild when she's not here, do some crazy things. Today, we're going to talk about tanks crashing, the aquarium crashing, how you can prevent it, how you can see that it's about to happen, what you can do to make sure it doesn't happen, which would be the same as how to prevent it. But anyway, that's what we're going to talk about. But like always, before we get into that, we don't have anything to update you on. <laughs> we don't have any updates for today. It's hard. We, we like to record these in batches. And sometimes it's difficult to, uh, to figure out what are we going to be updating people on three weeks from now. So what I'll say is this. We are filming this on September 1st. We just got done with... Woohoo! It's pumpkin spice season! Uh, yeah, yes. sure. Uh, <laughs> we just finished the month of August, which is known in the aquarium industry as the worst month for our industry. So, as it being September 1st, I don't know what the date is going to be when this actually goes up, but it is my opportunity, our opportunity, to say to you, please uh, help us recover from such an uh, ugly month <laughs> and uh, check out our website, keepfishkeeping.com. Got all kinds of great things on there. Live betas, Lisa's betas, Lisa's snails, all of the aquarium supplies you could ever need, and Tropica plants. They're the best in the business. There you go. That's, that's our update. Our update to you is you should check out our website. <laughs> there and we go. I plan on uh, bringing in some more snails though. I breed my own right now, but I was thinking about bringing in something that I can't breed, like the Nearite snails. So let me know what you think about that because I think it would be nice to bring something different in. We have been shipping a whole lot of snails. It's been crazy. <laughs> and I'm so happy about that because I was getting completely overrun with snails because I don't know if it's just snails being snails or we've got the best water for snails. I don't know, but they breed like crazy here. Yeah, you know, on the topic of snails, had no intention of talking about this today, but I, it's a perfect segue to actually talk a little bit about snails because we are in the plant business. We sell Tropica plants. We do have a couple of plants that we get from other vendors also. And these are these are plants that we cannot get from Tropica. Uh, the Tropica North America is in Canada. They're in Vancouver, actually. And uh, when they ship us plants, there are certain plants that they cannot ship across the border like Java Fern, um, Vallisneria is another one that they, swords, they can't. Amazon Swords. Swords, yeah. And so we do get those from other areas. But when you're in the business of plants, you do run into snails. And they are something that, uh, they are the bane of my existence sometimes. Little bladder snails that will infiltrate these plants and they all of a sudden they just appear out of nowhere a common question that we get is are your plants snail free and i wish we could guarantee that they are 100 percent free of snails if we ever see snails we remove them we get them out i inspect every single plant before i bag it up to ship it to you you know, if there is a snail, we pick them off and you don't want to know what I do with them. Sometimes well, I'll go in and actually save the snails from that. <laughs> yeah, she she goes in there and anytime she sees them, she takes them out, puts them into tanks because we we actually sell bladder snails. And uh, so, you know, if she can save them. But uh, sometimes I'll be like, you little, no, throw them in the trash can. And it just makes me mad. But because I try my best to keep the plant room perfect all the time. And, uh, and if I see one in there, I get really, really angry. Uh, but there is no way. There, well, there, the I should rephrase cultures. that. Yeah. <laughs> see, you stole my thunder there. There is only one way. 
to guarantee snails, but no snails. But if you are buying stem plants or you're buying plants that are in bunches, uh, I didn't mean to say stem plants. I should just say, I should say potted plants. There's no way to guarantee that they will never, ever, ever be snail free. Uh, but there is a way that you can get live plants that are 100% guaranteed to be snail free. And Lisa already spoiled it. Those would be the tissue cultures. Uh, we have quite a few that we sell that are quite literally grown in a lab at Tropica. And uh, they ship those to us. We make them available to you. They come in an adorable little cup. We've used so many of these. They are baby plants for the most part. If you're buying things like Bacopa, uh, Crips, things like that, they're going to be very small little baby plants that, that were grown in laboratory conditions. And they are absolutely guaranteed to be free of snails. Um, we sell a ton of them. We've used a ton of them. We love them. Yeah. And, uh, and, and there you go. That's the way to do it. You, you're, you're not going to get snails from us unless you buy snails from us. But there is the rare occasion where one might slip through the cracks. We're sorry about that. But the only way to guarantee that won't happen is with tissue cultures. And I was going to say with the tissue cultures, they may be small, but they do grow pretty fast. It, they don't stay teeny tiny for long. Yeah, absolutely. I've used quite a bit of uh, the the mosses, the taxophyllum, oh, things gosh, like that. Yes. They do extremely well. Uh, oh, you yeah. get a cup full of it and it, it's just it's just amazing. So really, that's all you need is a cup because a cup goes a long way. It grows fast. Yep. My shrimp tank that I did the moss wall on, you know, all three of the sides it just i used two cups of it maybe three cups of it and i probably i didn't even need that much yep yeah it grows really fast i used it in my izzy tank and uh and it's i'm constantly it, it, cutting that I back know. for you <laughs> i took over the izzy tank by the way <laughs> no we need to expand on that now if you don't know the izzy tank that is a the it's actually the tank that i moved into my bathroom but we originally set it up in the second floor of our house it was going to be like a little studio area which we don't use anymore we only used it for like a month uh our daughter's our granddaughter's name is isley lisa nicknamed her izzy so i named the tank after her because she was born the same month that i did that tank lisa walks by that tank 10 times a day i was i had just moved it down into the laundry not the laundry room why did i say laundry room <laughs> bathroom Yes, I put it in my bathroom. I did a video all about it. If you because I me. will not walk in the laundry room ten times a day. That <laughs> is for sure. I do to let the dogs out. But anyway, she kept walking by that tank, and I wasn't keeping it up to her standards. It it wasn't the way she believed it should be. So she said, "You know what? I'm taking over this tank." And uh, what do you think I'm gonna say? No, please don't do that. No, no. I said, "Okay, you go knock yourself out." Go ahead. I saw you vacuuming the substrate, and that really ticked me off. I did that. I don't remember why I did that, it but was there was for, something in it. I think it had to do with, like, that silly Amazon thing that you bought for. Oh, um, that might have been what it was. It was yeah. testing out that, that yeah. thing, yeah. Because I was like, no, don't vacuum the substrate in a planet aquarium. I know. There, there, was, there was stuff in the substrate, though, that, which is why I did. But anyway, who cares about all of that? She did take over that tank, not because of my laziness, not because I wasn't doing anything with it, simply because she wasn't satisfied with what I was doing. And there it. was algae that I didn't like. Hair algae. Yeah. And she has put... 150 snails in there 150 shrimps not. and there's all <laughs> kinds of life in there there's even a guppy in there now that we don't even know how ended up in that tank it got in there because of the shrimp i put in there i think i scooped it up with the oh. shrimp when i was bringing them up to the to the house but there's actually only three snails two mystery and one very large bladder snail yeah i named him very Bubba. large because <laughs> he's like that big <laughs> so yeah that's uh you know she's taking care of the izzy tank now and it's kind of cute you know you just go in there and you know play around with it pretty much every day she messes with it because you have to walk through you don't have to but we walk through the bathroom where that tank is to get to our to my office 
and she walks through there to bother me in my office 50 times a day. Oh, stop. And so she will stop by and uh, and fiddle around with the tank, and it's it's wonderful. And it's looking very, very good, by Thank the way. Thank you. It's all about balance. Yep. <laughs> We're going to talk a lot about that today in our main topic. Uh, once again, just like last week, the main topic today came from the members' discord, the channel members. We have channel members on our website, memberships available on our website. And uh, one of the perks is that you get access to the members only Discord server. And we have a, a section in there set up for people to put up their ideas for this podcast. And Brenda S. did just that. That would be Brenda Schroeder, I believe. Okay. I copied the name directly from the comment and, uh, and it just said Brenda S. So yeah, there you go. The comment was this. I wonder if you could talk sometime about having a cycle crash on an established tank. I removed all the driftwood out of my tank because it was breaking down and now I'm struggling with nitrates getting too high and too fast. Yes, we can. We can certainly talk about that. But this is a topic that uh, it, it goes it goes deeper than that. I would be doing the community a disservice if all we did was talk about your tank, Brenda. Instead, let's talk big picture here. And let's talk about the, the dreaded surprise tank crash or what, uh, no, I'm not gonna say this title yet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold off here because what I wanna do is I want to run a scenario by you. This is how I like to start with topics is uh, a scenario. And this is a very, very common thing that happens in our community. Uh, you, you set up your tank and listen, the majority of fish keepers folks are not wackos like us. They are people that have an aquarium in their house. They enjoy it, they like it. It is part of their decor in their home, but it is not their lifestyle like it is for us. And some it, other people that are really, really into fish keeping. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I say us. When I say us, I'm talking to about the community, the two of us, and everybody watching. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> because if you are listening to a podcast about aquariums, or you are watching videos like this about uh, aquariums, you are a crazy person, just like me, and just like my beautiful wife. Uh, but most people are not like us. Most people have an aquarium. It's just it's just something that they have. It's just another part of their home decor. Or they set it up for their child and then their child lost interest or whatever it is. The majority of fish keepers are those type of people. They're not aquarists. They just have an aquarium. And so it's very common with those types of, of aquarium keepers, fish keepers. They still qualify as fish keepers. They're not as into it as we are. <clears throat> and so what they like to do is have the aquarium, have it look nice, not have any problems. And that's just, that's just what it is. So they feed their fish every day, maybe twice a day. The kids walk up and they tap it and they say fishy, 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 and they love it and everybody's happy. And then every once in a while, they go to the kitchen and they fill up a pitcher of water and they put it into the tank because the filter was making too much noise because the water got down too low. That That's the bulk of like, people in this hobby. That sounds like somebody I know. Who? David and I, they. <laughs> there you go. These are these are people well one of them was raised in a fish keeper household and that's how they i mean they do fine their fish are happy and you know the kids love it and, and all of that but they they are not fish keepers they right. just have fish which is why you just said they're one of those people <laughs> so what will end up happening is one of those type of people will have their aquarium set up maybe they have who cares how many fish and they have some plants in there and a SpongeBob thing, which they yes. literally have a SpongeBob <laughs> uh, pineapple house in their in their tank. I had to make um, I I made some well, I didn't make it, but it was driftwood and um, a couple of them, and I put some Anubias on there for them and took it to them so that there was at least some kind of plants in there. <laughs> yeah, because 
we upgraded their five gallon flue it was seven oh, okay <laughs> uh they had two goldfish in a little fluval seven gallon we upgraded them to a whopping 20 gallon uh for our youngest grandson's birthday yeah and they're just little teeny goldfish and they know when they get to be bigger they know where to bring them so they can bring them here we've got somewhere where you can put them right now and when this goes live there might be another place that we can put them but we won't talk about all that the point is what these people including our oldest son what they do is it's just there they don't want there to be any problems and if there are problems they call us but yeah for the average fish keeper if there are problems they'll do one of two things they'll go to the old google machine and they'll type it into the internet.com what's wrong with my fish or they'll go to their their fish store and or mom and pop store big box store whatever so what happens is they're going through this normal routine of topping off the water when it gets low feeding their fish and that's pretty much all they're doing and everything's fine and everything's fine for a really long time. And then all of a sudden, it's not. And their fish are starting to show symptoms of being unhappy, or they're just a little slow. Or another thing that's very common is the tank's been running for months and months and months and everything's fine. They're going through their normal routine and they're at the pet store and they see these cute little Tetras and they're like, oh, cute. Let's get some of those. There's room in our tank. They bring those home and all of those little tetras die within a day. The fish that have been in there, they're fine. But these tetras that, that we put in there, they all died. They must be bad fish from the fish store. Or there could be something else going on here. And that's what brings me to, I know this is not Brenda's issue. We're gonna get to Brenda's issue, but this is a very common issue that happens. And so. The, the new fish that they got, are, they died. The other fish, they don't look very good. They're just kind of slow, but everybody's alive. I don't understand what's going on in my tank. They've adapted to the crappy tank. <laughs> that's, that's very true. So what they do is they take a little cup of water and they take it to their fish store and the fish store tests it out and they're like, whoa, all of the levels are through the roof you have and this is the title i was delaying before and the, the name i was uh gonna say before you have old tank syndrome i almost said new tank syndrome why would i have said that you have old tank syndrome and you're like well that doesn't make any sense yeah my tank is older but there's a syndrome I don't know who started this old tank syndrome thing. I, I don't. I don't know where that came from. I guess it's just an easy way, uh, or a, a more politically correct, because you know everybody's so fragile now in 2023. It's a, a, a less abrasive way of saying lazy persons hmm. tank syndrome, because what's happened is that you're 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 not taking care of your aquarium. Sure, you're putting fresh water in there. That should be good, right? No, it's not. You're not taking care of the tank. You're not maintaining the filter. You're not cleaning up the waste from the fish. You're just basically letting the tank run. You're feeding your fish. The water is getting old. It's getting stale. The nitrates are going up. The pH is dropping. Everything is happening in there. And what's happening to the fish that are in the tank? You just spoiled it. The fish that are in there are slowly adapting because it's not like this happens overnight. All of a sudden, your nitrates spike. It can happen, but right. usually, with when, you're, when we're tanking, talking about old tank syndrome, your nitrates are slowly elevating, and your pH is slowly going down. I wanted to think of the what's the opposite of elevating? Who cares? Your pH is going down, your nitrates are going up, and your fish are adapting to that. It kind of reminds and, me of uh, living in a home with smokers. Like, that's a great example. When I was younger, I grew up in a household with my mom and her boyfriend being smokers. I hated it. I couldn't stand cigarette smoke. My room, I could get away from it by going into my room. But 
I got kind of used to it. I didn't like it. It affected my lungs, and I had a lot of asthma problems. But when I got out of that house, I started to feel better, and I had less problems with asthma. Now, as an adult, if I walk into a room where there's cigarette smoke, I'm just like, (coughs) (laughs) I can't even stand it to where, you know, before I kind of could deal with it, though. And I just had really bad lungs. So, but now I can't, I can't do it at all. Well, and I remember when I had my job going into people's houses every day, the instant I walked into a house that were smokers, you know, you just know it. They don't know it. I mean, they know they're smoking in there, but they don't know that their house has a smell because they're in there all day long. And here's another great example of that. This is probably the best example of people adapting to their environment and not realizing that their environment is funky. Go into a 15-year-old boy's bedroom. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I've raised two of them, and both of them, uh, when they were... 15 it's probably 13 to like 16 16, and then they start to like Like realize uh uh-oh there might be some a girl yeah Yeah. and they they start to realize that they need to take care of that but in that time period you can walk into that room and instantly want to vomit anybody that has a teenage son knows they don't have a clue how horrible their room smells to them it's normal but or any child that's an athlete. Well, yeah. They, oh, get into a car with a bunch of girls that just played field hockey after a game and you have to take them home 45 minutes because you decided to be the nice mom and not make them ride on the bus. That can be a regretful situation. <laughs> yeah. But again, they don't know they reek. Ugh. But as soon as they get in the car, you know, or as soon as you go into the teenage boys bedroom teenage girls not so much uh they might stink in the car on on the way home from a field hockey game but their bedrooms no it's not like that boys we've done it twice and both of them stink the exact same way they reek at that not only do they reek but their bedrooms reek they smell like the bottom of a foot but they don't realize that they've adapted to it to them it smells completely normal that's what's going on in the an aquarium that has old tank syndrome the fish have slowly adapted to that it's not good for them they're not happy in it but they've slowly adapted to that and they don't realize that their aquarium smells like a teenage boy's bedroom um and and that could be from uneaten food because they decided to shove their bowls of uh (laughs) food that they finished eating or you know what I mean their plates that they were too lazy to take down and stick in the in the kitchen they shoved it underneath of their beds so the best way to take care of that situation is to remove the bed frame so they can't do that this has been done it has been done in my home (laughs) David (laughs) we've got stories with David that are way worse than that but we're not gonna go there we're not gonna take it that far but Uh, That's what's happening in your aquarium. And so this is why when you go and you pick up those three cute little Tetras that were on sale at PetSmart and you bring them home and you put them in there, those fish aren't adapted to that stinky bedroom of your teenager. You put those fish in there and they instantly, they die. And then you start going on Yelp and putting up bad reviews. PetSmart's fish are terrible. No, you're a terrible fish keeper. That's why that happened. Not you, Brenda. And not everybody and not every situation. Uh, No, that's very true. But that scenario that I just laid out for you, that is uh, that is the fault of the fish keeper, not the fish and certainly not PetSmart. Now, you, you take your sample of water to PetSmart because you just had your fish die. You just bought fish from them. They died within a day. You go to PetSmart with a sample and they look at it and your nitrates are through the roof and your pH is super low and they tell you that you have old tank syndrome. And I, I, I don't like when people are told that you have old tank syndrome. So go look up old tank syndrome and fix it. Now, there's a real simple thing. 
if your tank has old tank syndrome, it's because you're not doing your job. Not you, Brenda. <laughs> I have to keep reiterating <laughs> that. Not you, Brenda, but somebody who runs into a scenario where you're starting to get in your search results or getting people telling you old tank syndrome, it's because you are not doing your job. You're not doing any of the things that we preach on this channel constantly about doing your maintenance. I understand there's people out there telling you you don't have to do water changes. You do. Most of us do. There are situations where you don't have to do water changes, but probably 95% of aquariums, probably even more than that, that are in this hobby, you have to do maintenance. You have to do water changes. Topping off is not acceptable. It might be acceptable if you have two fish in a 29 gallon tank and a really good filter on it and you're barely feeding them anything, you might be able to get away for a long time without doing them. But under normal circumstances, you have to do your water changes. I mean, I even go through, like a lot of my planted aquariums, I do top offs, but that's because, you know, I- Because those tanks are part of the 5% that I was talking about but, that don't. But I do water changes just less often than I would in some of the other aquariums that I have. So even though I still just do top-offs on those, I might only do water changes once a month and it's a very, very small amount because I still know I need to change the water out a little bit. I don't vacuum the substrate, but I do change the water. Yep. Whether you're somebody that just has an aquarium, you're one of the majority of fish keepers you just have an aquarium in your house uh or you're a crazy fish keeper like us you have to do your maintenance if you don't you will end up with this scenario or you know that's that's actually the good result mm -hmm. old tank syndrome is a is the good side of what could possibly happen if you don't do your maintenance on your aquarium because your fish adapt they're not dying they're not happy but they're not dying they're surviving in that room full of smoke uh the alternative to that is they just die <laughs> but either way it happened because of your lack of maintenance and and, I, and and that's that lack of maintenance is definitely one of the things but also lack of maintenance and then you decide you want to redecorate your tank, but you don't do water changes. You just redecorate. You lift up this rock and you stick it over there and you put this decoration over there. What are you doing? You're stirring up yep. a lot of bad stuff and it's getting in the water and now you're going to have a problem. Absolutely. So we have to be on our maintenance. If, if we are, if we do our maintenance, you might only have to do it once a month to keep the fish healthy. But if we're up on our maintenance, you will never be told you have old tank syndrome. Okay. Uh, I felt like whenever we're talking about tanks crashing, I, I feel like old tank syndrome is one of those things that, that has to be brought up. But what is a tank crash? What, you know, again, not exactly uh, Brenda's situation. Because what can happen is that person that had what became old tank syndrome, if they did not do anything about that, if they just let it go and just let it do its thing, eventually it's just going to explode. And I don't mean literally explode. I just mean the tank is going to crash because the, the bacteria dies off. It can't control what's in there. Your nitrates go through the roof your fish are sick there and you're throwing more and more and more food in there. Eventually it becomes too much for the ecosystem in your aquarium to handle and everything just crashes. And the only thing you're going to have left is the Playco that you shouldn't have had in there to begin with in your <laughs> 10 gallon tank. That's so true. <laughs> that is so true that some of those Plecos, you, you could, take them out of the tank, throw them up in the air, hit them with a baseball bat, then stomp them and then put them back in the tank and they'd still live another five years. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. But uh, that's how strong those fish are. They can tolerate just about anything. But 
that will inevitably happen if you go past that old tank syndrome zone you haven't realized there's a problem and it just happens out of nowhere and you're gonna say oh i mean everything was fine and then all of a sudden the, the everybody just died and it all happened at once well that's because <clears throat> you lost control of your maintenance you weren't doing what you were supposed to do and <clears throat> nature ran its course that's what happened there that would be in the extreme case uh, after old tank syndrome it's your fault you didn't do your maintenance not you brenda you didn't do your maintenance <laughs> and uh and and the tank just crashed from that so <clears throat> here's the easy thing again we're not to brenda yet how do you prevent this from happening don't be lazy mm. that's that's how you prevent it from happening do your maintenance you don't have to be one of these most of us don't need to be one of these militant people that is doing a 75 percent water change twice a week and a, you don't have to do that you do what your aquarium requires you to do so if you have a 29 gallon tank in your living room that your nine-year-old got because of a good report card you put a few tetras in there and some quarry cats and everybody's happy you might only have to maintain that tank once a month yeah you take out 30% of the water, replace it between those water changes you're topping off. Topping off is not a terrible thing as long as you're doing all of the other things that you're supposed to be doing. Then you should never run into this problem because you're removing those things that are contaminating the aquarium that are too much for the bacteria to handle. You're removing that, replacing it with good clean water. Everything stay, stays balanced. You don't have to worry about old tank syndrome or your tank crashing. It's as simple as that. And I think too, uh, something to keep in mind is if you are somebody that's not doing a lot of water changes uh, and you are doing mostly just top offs and you know that once in a while water change, keep up with your, um, your filters more. I think that that's when you should keep up with your, your filtration system more making sure that things are clean and not all clogged up because if you're not doing the work you should be doing at least make sure your filter is and that doesn't mean that the filter should be the only thing doing anything but i know that for me because of the way i maintain my aquariums i don't have to do as much work on my filters and stuff mm -hmm. because i'm doing it more so because at the end of the day there's a balance you're when okay this is gross but when you do that filter maintenance even if it's you have a, a a marine land and all you're doing is replacing those cartridges you don't have to replace them every month take them out clean them off yeah, put them back in that's a waste of money yeah. don't replace <clears throat> filter cartridges all the time <laughs> they do wear out and they need to be replaced and the carbon is no longer good and you know you you can't go a lifetime with those cartridges in but you don't have to replace them every month uh, when you pull that filter out and it's all brown and it looks like it's covered in mud what is that what is that nasty brown poop it's poop <laughs> it's some of it's uneaten food and the rest of it is digested food and it's disgusting and so when you're when your sponge gets completely coated in that you're just drawing the water through that barely because it's all clogged up what do you think is going to happen their filter is obviously not as efficient as it could be because it's having to pull stuff through all of that nasty poop but you're all of those nitrate causing nastiness that's all there and it's just sitting there and if you're not pulling that out and either cleaning it off or replacing it when it needs to be done then yeah that's leading to this problem that's why too. i like the titles because the sponges there's so much i don't know it's just i like the titles because you can clean the sponges you don't have to go out and replace them as true. often as that um the cartridges that they're they remind me of cotton you know and they just dissolve after and it's a very while. thin the the foam is the, yeah. the the replaceable cartridges like the marine lands and the aquions are very thin i'm not saying they're bad no, they're, they're good they're good but it's very very thin blue foam i and i've replaced them with just i've made my own you know sure i take 
sponge and I forget what it's called, but I've cut it and I've stuck it down in there myself and just made my own cartridge. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and that, you know, a lot of fish keepers end up getting into that DIY stuff. Crazy people like us do that. Again, the people Save who just have money. <laughs> it's true. The people who just have an aquarium in the corner, they're the ones that are buying the replacement cartridges. And I encourage them to do that. That's who this is for, are those people that don't want to fool with it. They just want to easy, replace that out, we're good to go. If you're not doing that, and all you're doing is topping off, you're asking for trouble. You're asking for a crash. You're asking for old tank syndrome. You're asking for all of that. Um, so you, at this point, now that we've had a talk, not you, Brenda, we can't be surprised when we our fish start dying off because now you know if you're not up on your maintenance you're killing your fish when you signed on the dotted line to get that glass box fill it full of water and put little lives in there you took responsibility for those lives and it is your responsibility to do what needs to be done to keep those not just alive being alive is not a sign of a happy fish but happy and thriving that's what you need to do for your fish okay let me stand off or step off of my soapbox we've talked about the crashes we've talked about uh old tank syndrome what about brenda's situation well once again my beautiful wife has already spoiled i did you did oh the, i'm you, sorry you you like to do that you like to come in and you like to steal my thunder oh sorry but that's why I love you. That's why we have you around. Thanks. Uh, so what, what's happening here, uh, and this is common, Brenda's situation, you have a tank that's been running for a while and everything looks good and you know the fish are thriving and everything's great, but something's going on in there. In her case, the driftwood was breaking down. It happens, it's a natural product. If you have plecos in there, they're gonna be nibbling on it. Not all plecos, but a lot of plecos will be nibbling on it and wearing it down. And before you know it, it's, you know, a nasty pile of rubble that you have to pull out of there. And when you go to pull that out, where you stole the thunder is, you're now releasing all of that. You're releasing all of that garbage and that nonsense uh, that was from there. This is not your fault. It's not like you've done anything wrong. I suppose... If I really wanted to nitpick you, Brenda, which I don't, but if I really wanted to, I could say, maybe you left the driftwood in there too long. Maybe if you had gotten it out of there sooner, it's not, again, it's not the driftwood's fault, but it's what happened because of the driftwood breaking down. You're starting to get all that stuff rotting and it's moldy and it's fungusy and it's gross. And then you have all of the uneaten food and the waste and all of the things that accumulate down in there and then you pull it out and it's this plume, it's this big rush of cloudy grossness that comes out. Maybe if you had taken the driftwood out earlier, maybe it wouldn't have been as bad. But when I say earlier, I'm saying like a year earlier because it's not like driftwood breaks down in a week. You oh, know, it's something that no. happens over a very, very long period of time. I've got driftwood in my discus tank that's been in there for, well, we've had it for We've had it for 12, 12 years. 15 years, yeah, 12 years. 12, uh, 2010, so 13 years. 13 years, years yeah. Yeah, uh, and it's, but it's a big piece of Malaysian driftwood then. And, and I haven't lifted it, and since we moved here, I haven't lifted it up, so. And it looks exactly the same today as it did when we bought it from House of Tropicals. Gosh, that was forever ago. <laughs> <laughs> we bought that from House of Tropicals for that tank mm. 13 years ago. Yep. And you can't see the tank if you're listening to this. So or, many different fish were in it, though. <laughs> yeah, even if you're watching this, you can't see what we're talking about. But it's a big, big piece of Malaysian driftwood. And now, this is something, like Lisa just alluded to, that uh, it doesn't have to be that the driftwood is breaking down. It could be that you simply moved it. Yeah. And you've had your tank for a long time and maybe it's a, a, a tank that you do not need to vacuum out the substrate or can't vacuum out the substrate. Things are going to be accumulating around that. And then you go to pull that out and it just releases all of that 
It's been at bay. It's been handled by the ecosystem in your aquarium. But when you pulled it out and released it, I don't even, I can't even think of an analogy. It, it's like you just released it all. It was all taken care of naturally. And then you released it all. And the best thing to do is in a situation like that, if you know you're going to move a rock or something, do a good have a siphon ready to suck that up as you're moving the rock. You know, it's like that's that's kind of the best thing you can do. Yeah. I mean, there are some scenarios where you've got a very well established tank and I'm I'm certain that is what happened here with Brenda. Um, it's a well-established tank. It's been flawless. Everything's great, great, except you have this problem in there, which is the wood is just, it just needs to come out. I mean, it's unfortunate, but it has to come out. And, you know, everything was great. We talked about it on last week's podcast. One of those stories, everything was fine until, you know, everything was great until you moved that piece of driftwood, releasing all of that stuff, which was being handled. Now it's not. Now it's your problem to deal with, Brenda. This is not your fault that this happened, but now you have to deal with it. So how do you deal with it? Uh, I'm one of those people that some fish keepers hate me because they don't hate me. They hate when I say this because uh, there are people that are against this kind of a thing and I don't understand why. My immediate reaction would be, regular water changes. Your nitrate levels are super high because of this releasing of this contaminants. Uh, the, in my opinion, the only resolution to something like this is frequent large water changes. Um, that's the only way you're gonna get those nitrates to start going down. It's not gonna be immediate, but doing large water changes um, if your substrate is one of those substrates that can be vacuumed out, like it's a gravel like I have in here, you vacuum out that substrate, start getting all of that stuff out of there that was embedded in there before that was released when you moved that driftwood, um, get in there and start to really clean that out. Do not under any circumstances break everything down, just tear it all down and start from scratch. You don't need to go that far. Instead, do some large routine water changes. If your nitrates are absolutely through the roof, it wouldn't be a crazy idea to do large water changes every single day until it gets under control, until you find that balance again that you had before you moved that driftwood. And, uh, and it really shouldn't take long. I mean, it should go down pretty fast with a couple of large water changes. And then uh, whatever kind of driftwood you had in there before, don't use that kind again. <laughs> you got anything else i mean that's a quick main topic but we're through it already yeah i mean i i feel like you've covered a lot i one of the things that i think helps with with the problems like that too is having floating plants to absorb the nitrates and and everything that helps uh, you could end up like me and be overrun with them, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is true. I mean, plants are going to help with nitrates all the time. But if somebody was to tell you, oh, your nitrates are super high because you moved that driftwood, we'll just throw a bunch of plants in there and it'll be fine. Don't do that. Get it under control first well, and then add your plants. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, having those in there helps to... Of course it does. Things. And I'm not disagreeing. I'm saying using plants to solve the high nitrates problem i i would not i'm not saying you know your crips and stuff that you would stick down in the the substrate your you know those kind i'm talking about the ones that absorb you know that that get their nutrients from the water that's what i'm talking and, about and your nubias your red root floaters sure. your I, even your I'm, duckweed Good stuff. I'm agreeing with you 100%, but we're, see, we're not on the same page here. What I'm saying is, if Brenda was to reach out to somebody and they said, oh, you'll be fine. Don't worry. You don't have to do a bunch of water changes or anything. Just throw a bunch of plants in there and the nitrates will go away. That's, that's what I'm saying. Nitrates or plants are great at removal of nitrates, 
but you're not going to throw a bundle of plants in when you have a problem like Brenda's and the problem's going to go away because right. you threw a bunch of plants in there. That's what I was trying to say. My word that. of the day seems to be balance. You have to find the balance. Yes. I had a plan, and this was a great plan, and we still may do it someday. I was going to do a video. We were going to do a video all about balance, and I was going to start the video off. I had this all planned out. You and I were going to reenact the scene when Mr. Miyagi gives Daniel son oh, yeah. his car for his birthday. I remember and then that. he sits at the window and he gives Daniel a little lesson on balance. We were going to reenact that and it was going to be so much fun. The thumbnail was going to be Daniel and Mr. Miyagi, but I just couldn't get the video to work out. We didn't film anything for it. Uh, I'm somebody that does a lot of planning and, and mapping out of videos prior to filming them. And I just couldn't get it to right. work out. But someday we may still do that. But Balance is absolutely critical, and it as is worthy. As long as you're Mr. Miyagi and I'm Danielson. <laughs> uh, definitely was going to be. I was going to be Mr. Miyagi saying, remember the lesson about balance? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had it all worked out. I memorized the script and everything. It was perfect. Can I do karate? But, sure. It'd be kind of funny. There is nothing sexier than a woman that can kick some ass. So I wouldn't have no problem with you taking karate lessons. I didn't say I was going to look good doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it might actually be really funny. Uh, well, you never know. So, yeah, there you go. Keep the tank balanced. And uh, it is now time for your favorite segment, Comment of the Week. Oh, okay. So the Comment of the Week comes from Lisa Stevens, 128. And it was on the podcast that you did, My Way or the Highway Aquarium Snop. So it's mm. pretty recent. Lisa said, there's a local shop I've started frequently frequenting, but I'm reconsidering as they claim all people on YouTube have no idea what they're talking about. In parentheses, she says, that would include you, John and Lisa. <laughs> And they told me that betas are just fine in one-gallon tanks. They've been in business for 50 years, but I'm not sure they're giving good advice. Um, well, We could have done the whole podcast on that comment. <laughs> the, the interesting thing is there are people that have had fish stores for a very long time and they don't believe in YouTube videos. We've been to fish stores like that. They think people on YouTube don't know anything. Yep. And you know what? There are some that don't. They just <clears throat> look up things on Google and copy it and do a, a video based on what they looked up on Google mm -hmm. without having experience with it or anything like that. But there are people on YouTube that do know what they're talking about, that have experience, that are sharing their knowledge, that, ha that have done a massive amount of research, and they are good people to go to to get you know, advice from. So it's a shame that there are fish stores that are poo-pooing on you know, YouTube in that way. I, I could see it if they were like, this channel really sucks. You shouldn't get advice from them, you know, because they have no idea what they're talking about. And they back that up with this channel is actually really good, you know, but to just say across the line that everybody on YouTube has no idea what they're talking about, that's just wrong. That's like us saying, that, that would be like us saying, Petco and PetSmart, every single store sucks. Right just because of one or two stores that we may not have had a good experience in. Or, you know, I mean, because some Petco's and PetSmart's are bad, but some are really good. And I think it's, it, it's sad when you hear people say that those big box stores are bad, just because they've had a bad experience with the one in their area. You know, I just don't think I just don't think that's fair. And I thank Lisa for bringing that to our attention. <clears throat> I, oh, okay. Obviously I'm against that comment. Not, not Lisa, I'm against uh, 
what the store said that she was commenting about. However, um, obviously, because they say betas can just be in one gallon tanks. I mean, obviously, yeah, that's BS. We, we all know that. But um, it would be very easy with some of the content that's out there. If a old timer, which <laughs> I'm almost there. If an old timer goes on YouTube and says, let me go on this fancy Google machine and see what these people are talking about. And they end up coming across these jackasses in Florida uh, that I know some of the ones you're talking about. <laughs> goldfish down water slides and do all of this idiotic stuff. I would absolutely feel the exact same way right. yes. as those old timers did. Um, if they if they come across a channel that likes to educate, like we try to do, and there's a lot of channels like ours out there. I'm not going to name any because I don't want to forget some and then get in trouble with my friends. But there's a lot of channels that are educating, and they've revolved their content around that, not just, hey, I got a new fish. Hey, I'm sending these fish down a water slide. Hey, I'm stupid. They, not. <laughs> it's more than that. It's more than showing off stuff. Uh, it's educating the, the people on how to handle tank crashes, how to prevent tank crashes. You know, if they were to say none of those people know what they're talking about, well, then that's just because they're old and they're biased and they want you getting their advice, your advice from them. And it also helps them if you follow their advice that they know is right. You're not going to kill your fish and you're not going to come back and want refunds because you killed your fish. Um, I, I mean, listen, it's 2023. If you're not online, then you are prehistoric. And you're missing out on a lot of really good stuff. A lot of bad stuff, too. So I can't, you know, I can't deny that. There's a lot of moronic stuff that happens uh, on YouTube. Hopefully not from us. So I can't argue with that part of it. But to say all of it is bad, yeah. well, that that's just ridiculous. So, And I do want to say one thing as far as the betas in a one-gallon tank. Yeah, there, don't do it. <laughs> well, there are situations where a beta in a one-gallon tank is okay. And that's being, you know, like if they have some kind of issue, if they are blind and they don't, they just can't get food because they're in a big aquarium and they can't find it and they need to be in a one gallon you know some situations it makes sense but i'm not for that to teach that or to educate people on keeping a beta in a one gallon tank i believe in five gallons and i think 10 gallons is nice so there's that <laughs> yeah all right you ready for me to push this button right here you got, are you, are you prepared for? Oh, for, yeah. Lisa's World! Well, I'm really excited about this one because my fish club, our fish club, Raleigh Aquarium Society, has an auction coming up. It's the fall auction. It's September 24th, and it is in Raleigh at the Ramada Inn. Uh, the, let me see, the registration starts at 9 a.m. and bidding starts at 10. There's going to be a bunch of fish and plants and it's going to go on until everything is sold. So September 24th, mark your calendar, be there and you might meet us if you come. <laughs> I think it's going to be a lot of fun and I'm excited to go. What day of the week is that? It's a Saturday, September okay. 24th. Okay, cool. All right. So that's it? That's it for Lisa's World? Yeah. I understand having to come up with more than one in one day is hard. I get well, it. Well, and the thing is, if you live around Raleigh, I know people that don't live in Raleigh, like us. I know people that come to this, uh, to this fish club that are from Virginia. Mm -hmm. But anyways, if you live around there within three hours I think that's reasonable um I mean we're driving two and a half I know I think it's a little bit uh far though for some people but if you do 
want to go to a good fish club and you want to be around a really good group of people, then go to the Raleigh Aquarium Society. It's the first Thursday of every month. It starts at 7.30, but people like to show up at 7 and kind of mingle and, you know, do all that. And it goes on for a couple hours. They have an auction, a little auction at night after the meeting. It's so much fun. So, like I said, go there. And they also have a Facebook page, the Raleigh Aquarium Society Facebook page. And that, I have not seen anything like nobody's rude in there everybody's nice shelly is one of the moderators and she does an amazing job like everybody answers questions and it's just a really great group one of the things that i noticed about that group the one meeting i've been to it's not a bunch of snobs it's no. not a bunch of people that make you feel like you're an idiot and talk down to you and all. it's not that at all which you know that's one of the things that a lot of people including me were afraid of uh but i showed up there and it, it was just a wonderful group of people and i, I had so much fun but I that's it i love that club you 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 took enough time on lisa's huh. world john's world's a long one today it's not I gonna be know. long but i listened to john's world the other night and it was pretty long yeah this one not gonna be as bad john's world but <laughs> i do have something I think I'm going to make a lot of people mad. It's kind of my oh my job. John's world, I'm like, okay, how can I make people mad this time? Um, almost every single time I do John's world, it's about sports, movies, music, comic books, tools. Today, movies. Movies. A movie. Hey. I watched a movie last week. You You hurt my feelings when you said you didn't want to watch it with me. This is a movie I almost didn't watch because of the actor that plays the main character. Because he's a Looney Tune. He's a madman and he should be in prison. Oh. Uh, and, I, and that's sincere. I mean that. Um, he's a brilliant actor, but he should be in jail. Uh, if you have never heard of Ezra Miller, look him up, do a Google on him, and you'll see why he should be in jail. I'm Googling this right Lisa's now. Lisa's going to do it right now. I watched The Flash. Oh. Now, I'm a guy my entire life. Uh, I've been a Superman 1, Flash 2. A lot of people are, you know, Batman 1, Hulk 2, Superman. I, I've Superman has been my favorite ever since I saw Christopher Reeve for the first time in the first Superman movie. And, and I've been completely obsessed over ever since. But I also love, love, love The Flash. I don't love Ezra Miller as The Flash. At first, I was okay with it when he showed up in, uh, in Justice League. Was it Justice League was the first time? I mean, you got to see him in Batman vs. Superman. Um, but then it was Justice League when he was kind of introduced. And I was like, okay, it's fine. It's not my Barry Allen. He's not a goofball like Ezra Miller plays him to be. But, okay, it's fine. He, he can be the comic relief, and that's fine. I was very hesitant to watch The Flash because I haven't heard anything good about it. We had all this hype building up. I'm not going to spoil anything, folks. I am going to mention one thing that happens in the movie that really pissed me off. Um, but I'm not going to spoil the movie for you. I'm not going to tell you anything that's not in the trailers. Michael Keaton is in the movie as Batman love Michael Keaton as Batman. Um, I, a lot of people hated it because it was female Superman. It was the old man Batman. Like, first of all, there is a female Superman. Su female Kryptonian. Not a female Superman. Uh, in the comics. Look it up. She's out there. Um, and she did not bother me in this movie at all. In fact, I thought she was quite good. Um, but there were so many negative things said about this movie. Even that Michael Keaton wasn't great in the movie and all of this kind of stuff. There, everything was against me watching this movie. I don't like Ezra Miller, uh, even though if you ever want to see a movie that is just a masterclass in acting, watch the movie um, We Need to Talk About Kevin. It's one of the saddest movies that's ever been made, but Ezra Miller is uh, one of the main characters in that, and he's very, very good in that movie. 
Um, Tilda Swinson is that movie, though. Anyway, I decided I was going to give it a chance. Even though everybody had so many negative things to say about it, I, I decided I was going to give it a chance. And I watched it the other night on HBO Max, the day it came out on HBO Max. And here's what I'm going to say that is very controversial. I really liked it. <laughs> the Flash? Yeah. Oh. I enjoyed the hell out of that movie. Because I'm not going into movies looking to hate them. Like a lot of people do. Uh, a lot of people go into the Star Wars movies and they're like, oh, it's, not, it's not my Star Wars. I don't like it. I don't go into the movie wanting to hate it. I am not a fan of Ezra Miller. I think he's a maniac. Like I said, I think he should be in prison. Um, I liked him in this movie, though. I don't like silly, zany, funny Barry Allen. I, I, I want Barry Allen to be a stoic kind of guy. I, I don't want him to be the silly clown. But it really worked in this movie. I, I liked it. I'm not going to tell you it was my favorite movie ever, but I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. I loved Michael Keaton in the movie. I thought it was amazing. The dude is 70. And I realized it wasn't him doing all the kicks and stuff like that. But I thought it was a lot of fun. I liked the female super, super female Kryptonian. I don't know the actress's name. I thought she did a really good job. Uh, I, the, the two Barry Allens kind of freaked me out a little bit. The one was really annoying. You'd understand it if you watched the movie. But there is one part that really pissed me off. Ooh, tell me. I and need this to is this is just me looking at Christopher Reeve as a godlike figure. You gotta understand, folks, that first movie came out in what, 79, 78, when Superman One came out, and then Superman Two came out in you know, two years later, whatever. Um, Christopher Reeve was a god to me. And then it became... He was the best. Ralph Macchio was a god to me in, in the mid-80s. And Christopher Reeve is my Superman. I love Henry Cavill as Superman. He has become my new Superman. I thought Brendan Routh did a great job playing Superman in, in Superman Returns. He's like a clone of Christopher Reeve. But Christopher Reeve is my Superman. And I think they did him wrong in that movie. What? What are you talking about, John? Christopher Reeve's been dead for 10 years. He wasn't in that movie. Yes, he was. And I think they did him wrong. That's the part. I'm not spoiling anything. It has nothing to do with the plot. It's not ruining anything for you. There are a lot of cameos in this movie. They're just shown on the screen. They don't have any role in the movie. Uh, all of the past, like the Jay Garrick uh, Flash and uh, George Reeves, a lot of people get the names confused. It's George Reeves, Christopher Reeve. There's no S at the end of his name. Uh, I'm, I'm adamant about that. George Reeves was the original Superman from the show, uh, the from the TV show. The black and white show. Yes. Um, he, well, he wasn't the original, but anyway, we won't get into that. He makes an appearance. Christopher Reeve, briefly. Uh, the, the Supergirl makes an appearance. Again, these are all just in the background. But here's, here's why I think they did him wrong. See, this thing happened a long, long time ago. Everybody knows this who is a fan of Superman. There was supposed to be a Superman 4. This was prior to Superman Returns. There was supposed to be a Superman movie starring, guess who, as Superman and Clark Kent. Nicolas Cage. No. Nicolas Cage... They started filming the movie. Oh. There are photos of him in the Superman suit. I'm glad they didn't make the movie. I love everything about Nicolas Cage. I've loved every movie I've ever seen Nicolas Cage in. He ain't no Superman. I'm sorry, Nick. It wouldn't have worked for me. I'm sorry. Yeah. I it would have worked for me about as good as Ezra Miller works for The Flash. I just remember Nicolas Cage in Raising Arizona, and it's so hard to take him serious in all the other movies. He was so good in Raising Arizona. Yeah. It's one of my favorite Nick Cage movies. But here's the thing. This is not a spoiler. Everybody that gets these quick cameos, the Christopher Reeve, George Reeves, Jay Garrick, they're all blips, like little quick 
They're just kind of in the background, scrolling through, and you see them. But Nick Cage, as Superman, gets this whole action shot of him fighting a big giant spider, which makes no sense. And this was all CG, and it was all obvious. It looked like video game graphics. It was not good graphics. That was the one gripe I have with that movie. The CG was horrible. But however, you're going to give an action shot to someone who never played Superman and then give the icon that is Christopher Reeve, he's just standing there looking down. All computer generated, obviously, because Christopher Reeve passed away. How dare you do that to Christopher Reeve? If you're going to give an action shot, it should be him, not the guy that never played Superman. Put my foot down. That pissed me off when I saw that. How dare you take the Superman, my Superman, and you just make him standing there, but Nicolas Cage gets to have his laser eyes, and he gets to fight the spider. Oh, that made me so mad. But I did enjoy the movie. Everything but that and the CG was terrible. Uh, I've, I, I play a video game called Days Gone all the time. The graphics in that game are better than the CG that was in The Flash. It was terrible. But I enjoyed the movie. Don't listen to what everybody's saying. If you enjoy superhero movies, kind of predictable superhero movies, you'll enjoy The Flash. You should watch it. There you go. End of John's world. Wow, John's uh, world takes a long time. <laughs> but it is your turn now. I got to calm down. It is your turn to uh, close us out. Well, okie dokie then. <laughs> it's kind of hard to follow up on that one. But uh, Sorry. yeah, <laughs> thank you so much for watching. And it was, it's been fun talking about this. So let us know what you think in the comment section below. And we will keep that in mind. And your comment might be in the next podcast. You never know. You never know.